Blog Talk Radio. I'll have some good days. I'll have some hills to climb. I'll have some weary days and some lonely nights but when I when I look around and I think things over you know what? All of my good days outweigh my bad days. I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds hang low. I can hardly the road, I ask the question, Lord, Lord, why so much pain, but he knows what's best for me. shout out to all the countries around the world and say we have none other than the man of wisdom himself, Apostle Alexander Lockamy. Again, we have Apostle Alexander Lockamy from the burning bush 
This is the man that has the wisdom gift and can rightly divide the word of truth. We are so blessed to have him this evening. Let's check the CSC with us. Apostle Lockamy, are you with us? I am. Yay. Okay, we're going to turn it over to you, and thank you so much. You're welcome. We are certainly count the privilege again this afternoon to be able to come to the radio band, radio world, all that is listening. We have a message this afternoon that I hope that will find you right where you're sitting. The Bible says the word will not go out and come out void, but accomplish what we send it out to do. So we try not to get something that we want you to hear, but we want to get something that God wanted you to hear. Because God knows where you are right now in, in your life. He knows the circumstances. He knows the situation. He knows your tears. He knows your cries. So God is not a God that feeds you anything. He's a God that cares. He's a good shepherd. And he said, write and divide the word. So I hope tonight that I can write and divide the word that, that I won't be just speaking to one individual, uh, the one person, the one group. But everybody might be blessed by hearing this adulterated word of God that is able to save your soul, the Bible said. It's able to bring you from a backslidden state. It's able to pick you up from being bowed down. It's able, it's able to give you the victory. It's able to bring restoration. The Bible said it, this word was able to capture and bring in captivity every wandering part of your mind. Have you ever had a wandering mind? Oh, yes, I have. I've been serving God over 42 years, and there was time where if it had not been for the word of God catching my mind, my mind would have just got away. I would have lost my mind. Thank God for all those stable folks that they to keep their mind stable. But every time that I didn't know where I was going and where I was coming, and I know the enemy was trying the best he could to destroy me, but I thank God who who, caught, who, who have kept me thus this far. If it had not been for the Lord, and I know everybody can tell this testimony this season, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, I wouldn't be here sitting before you trying to speak the word. But ever since I told the Lord, yes, I do, he's been trying to destroy me in so many ways, and he's been trying to destroy you because he understands you got purpose. He understands you got ministry. So that's why Satan comes to try to destroy you because he don't want you to be a blessing to nobody else. He don't want your milk, your ministry, your gift, your calling to cause somebody else to be healed, delivered, and set free. Cause somebody to come from a bad city state. Cause the lost to be saved. The blind to see, the lame to walk, the mute to speak. How many know God is still doing that there? He's still giving sight to the blind. He's still calling the lame to walk and the mute to speak and the deaf to hear. And I ain't said nobody. I know that God ain't lost his power. He ain't lost his duty. He just needs somebody to believe that. Just believe that he's still able. Just believe that he still can. So this afternoon, we're going to talk from about the anointing, the anointing, the anointing. Everybody hear about the anointing, the anointed this, the anointed that. Or, or so many people claim to be anointed, but ain't no sign and wonder following the anointing that they claim. If you claim to be anointed and ain't no sign and wonder following you, you might need to go back and get another anointing because that anointing let you down. The Bible said because of the anointing, the yoke shall be broken and the burden is lifted. Now, you got that anointing, ain't breaking no yoke. You got that anointing, ain't lifting no burden. Please go back and turn that anointing in and get the real anointing. The Bible said that God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost. 
And you know John the Baptist anointed Jesus there in the river. Jesus didn't want him to do it, but he said we got to obey God. And God anointed him. And the same God anointed Jesus there in that river, it have anointed you too. And we need the anointing in this, these days and times. I don't know why these young folks in this new generation church think that they can operate without the anointing. Now, please hear me. If Jesus had to have the anointing, let me say that again. If Jesus had to be anointed, and he's Jesus, he's the son of God, he's deity, he's power, he's omnipotent, uh, he's all God right by himself. If he had to have the anointing, who do we think we are out here trying to preach to somebody without an anointing? The anointing is important. The anointing is what's going to break the dust, not you, not your educational status, not your ability to speak so eloquent, not because you went to Yale or Hale or excuse me, not because you went to some, some seminary. God ain't looking for people out the seminary no more. He's looking for people out the cemetery. You hear what I said? He, he got me out the cemetery. He didn't get me out the seminary. I, 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 I was almost dead, amen, if not somewhat dead. But God brought me out of darkness into the light, amen. He, he, he killed me, then he brought me. He killed Alexander. He killed myself. He killed my flesh. So he brought me out of the cemetery. I ain't got nothing against the seminary now, but we got to understand without the anointing, that's just seminary talk. Uh-huh. It's okay to have seminary. It's okay to go to college. Please, I'm not kicking against that. But let the anointing rest upon your seminary. Let, your, let the anointing rest upon your educational status. Because when it's all over, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And this church and generation that we are living in wants to operate without the anointing. They hand. He said you send a hand on the sick, and they shall recover. He's a signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. We shall lay hands on the sick. And the, uh, see, the anointing is what's going to make them recover, and, and they shall recover. The anointing breaks yokes. The anointing lifts burdens. The anointing solves problems. The anointing answers prayer. And when you're dealing in a spiritual realm with demonic forces and demonic folks, you need the anointing. Huh? So they not only stir that demon up, you need to cast that demon out. Most of them demons ain't doing them but getting stirred up because ain't nobody got enough power to cast them out. Y'all know the story about how the, the disciples stirred up the demon. The demon got mad because they were laying hands on them, cast the little boy in the fire. And no matter how much they prayed, they couldn't get that demon out of that little boy. And the demon got mad and threw the boy in the fire. But Jesus asked them, oh, heal little faith. In other words, hadn't you been with me long enough? to have enough anointing to cast that demon. He said, but these times come out by fasting and praying. So I, so we're going to talk this afternoon about the importance of having the anointing, the importance of having the anointing. The anointing empowers you to press on. When everyone tells you to stop, when everything is hindering you from moving forward, the anointing will empower you to move on. Can I say that again? When men and women have become weary, you will be unable to move on once you have tapped into the anointing of God. See, that's why the Bible says he that been called to preach, let him wait on his preaching. He that been called to teach, let him wait on his teaching. He that been called to prophesy, let him wait on his prophesy. 
Why is he waiting? Because you need the anointing on your prophecy. You need the anointing on your preaching. You need the anointing on your teaching. You've been called to be an apostle. Let God anoint you with, with the anointing of a apostle. See, when you become an apostle, there's an anointing that comes with that. It, it's kind of like rank. It's like being in the military. You become a sergeant, a lieutenant, and a colonel. As you go up the rank, your pay go up. As you go up the rank, you have more power. You have more power than the sergeant now because you're a lieutenant. You have more power than the lieutenant now because you're a colonel. You have more power than the colonel because you're a captain. And so as you go up the rank, you get more power. So when you say you're an apostle, and you can't quit drinking beer and running around and fooling around at night with somebody other than your wife, you need to go lay that title down. Until you, until you, to, until God give you that anointing to walk in an apostle, you hear me? Because there's a requirement comes with that calling, and one of those, and one of those requirements is to live sanctified, set apart for the glory of God. To live so that you won't be spotted by this old ungodly world. To live so that men, the women, boys, and girls be healed, delivered, and set free through the ministry that is in you. So. It's okay to have a calling. It's, it's okay to say you this and say you that. But is the anointing operating upon that gift that God gave you? Has anybody been healed? Has anybody been delivered? Has anybody been set free? Because you have been anointed. It is important because the anointing is the power of God. Mm-hmm. The, more, the anointing is kind of like an a amplifier, you know. You, when, when, when you got an amplifier, it, 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 it amplifier, it, it increases it, it empowers, it makes your voice sound louder. It, 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 it makes your voice sound like you got more authority when you're singing or when you're preaching. It, it, it empowers. It empowers your voice. It gives your voice a sense of authority. And this is what the anointing does. When you preach, it gives you the authority. When you're saying it, it gives you an authority. You're not just saying it, but now you're saying it under the authority of the Holy Ghost. Because the anointing is the, the authority of God giving you to enhance the gift that you have. It's not enough for you to have the gift. You need the anointing on the gift. It ain't enough for you to be able to be gifted. You need the anointing on that gift that God gave you. Whitney Houston was not just singing uh, 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 because she had a beautiful voice. But God anointed her with that voice. Now, what she did with it and who she used it for was another story. God anointed her to be able to sing so eloquently. When God anoints you, can't nobody take that away. But God wants you to use it for the right purpose. Many people start out in the church and they get anointed. Then they take that anointed voice out there to the club or out to the night house. And, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, they take it out there and serve the devil with it. But God wants you to use that gift for his glory. So I want to share with you this afternoon the importance of having the anointing. When men and women have become weary, you will be unable to move on. On once you have tapped into the anointing. Sometimes Satan will try to stop you. Huh? Satan will want to make you quit. Satan will want to make you throw in the towel. Oh, you know we read about Jeremiah. Jeremiah said that I ain't preaching no more. Jeremiah said these folks ain't listening. These folks think I'm a big old joke, and 
and they just laughing at me. And then they throw me in a well, and here I am up in the mud up in my knees. I'm tired. I'm discouraged. I made up in my mind. I'm not going to preach no more. I ain't going to say nothing else. He said, but the word, other words, that anointed word, he said the word was like fire shut up in my bones. See, Jeremiah would have gave up if the anointing had to show up. So if you wait, you're not going to come. I don't care what you're going through. You might be like Jeremiah and feel like that you want to throw in the towel. But I come out to tell you, if you wait like Jeremiah did and acknowledge the presence of God, God will deliver you from no, no matter what the prayer state you're in, no matter what anxiety state you're in, no matter what give up state you're in. It says here in Isaiah uh, 10 and 27, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off his shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointed. Only the anointed can destroy your yoke in your life. Only the anointed. You go to people, tell them about your business, and share your business all to the whole world. But when it's all over with, it's going to take the anointing of God, the same anointing that he anointed patriarch of old. That was the anointing on David that killed the giant. See, people keep saying David killed the giant. Yes, David killed the giant, but it was the anointing that helped David kill the giant. David could could not have done nothing if it had not been for the anointing. What that anointing did, that anointing made that rock go right there in that little hole in that giant forehead and kill that giant. Not only did it go there, but it was a force behind it. The anointing put a pressure behind a power behind that rock. And whenever David was a little boy, he couldn't throw that rock that hard. Even though he threw rock, yes, he threw a lion and a bear, but that's all right. But when he threw that rock at that giant, that giant was a big man. It was impossible what David did to have brought that giant down. But when David went to that giant in the name of the Lord, told that giant, said, look, you ain't just fighting me. You fighting the army of the Almighty God. So you insulted God. You embarrassed God. You just offended God. And David said, I come at you in the name of the Lord of, of Israel. And David swung that rock. And he turned that rock loose, the anointing got hold of that rock. And the anointing took that rock and put it right there in that little hole and put that down on his knees. See, the anointing, honey, it'll go right to the situation. It'll go right to the sickness. It'll go right to the problem. Huh? If you've got problems in your marriage, you need to go in your bedroom and give it to the anointing. Say, God, anoint my marriage. See, when God anoint your marriage, he's going to anoint your husband. He's going to anoint your wife. He's going to anoint them children in that house acting crazy and act like they don't want to do nothing you said do. You quit fighting them children. You quit fighting that husband. You quit fighting that wife and give it to the anointing. Because the anointing, the yoke is broken. Only God can straighten that husband out. Only God can straighten that wife out. Only God can straighten them children out. And then you got that supervisor that keep on bothering you. Look like he ain't going to do right. You keep going to work, and he keep on vexing you. He keep on saying disrespectful things to you. He keep on making you feel like you don't even want to go to work. Well, he's going to keep on doing it till you give it to the anointing. you got to take this anointing to your job. This anointing will go to work with you. You can't just leave it in church on Sunday morning or in Sunday through. This anointing is yours. But he said this anointing will be with you always. The Bible said when God anointed David, the anointing never left him no more. You need that anointing that'll stay with you. Do you hear what I'm saying? 
You need to get that anointing that will stay with you, that will go on your job, that will go in the grocery store. See, when you when the anointing on you, it prevents things from happening sometimes. It will direct you sometimes in a different direction. It will cause things to happen. Sometimes the anointing will cause your tie to go blank. Oh, come on now, so that you will have to end up staying in a fishing that time when if your tie had not went flat, you would have been in a situation or in a car wreck or caught up in a situation that, that, that may have not been good. So God walks with you. His job is to protect you. His God is to guide and lead and kill and protect you, and he wants you covered by his power. The anointing is the power of God. Enhanced. Do you hear what I'm saying? I said it is enhanced like a generator, like an alternator. It gives you perseverance. It gives you power. It gives you enthusiasm. It makes you sing in a, with a different voice. And that's why we need the anointing. And without the anointing, uh, we find ourselves vulnerable. We, we become victim to the enemy when we got, don't have the anointing. When we lose, that's why I said the important to have the anointing. Look what happened when when uh, when Samson lost his anointing. Oh, you see, listen, Samson's strength. They said it was in his harem, but Samson's strength was in his anointing. God anointed him with strength. God anointed him with power. And when he disobeyed God and let that woman cut his hair, then the anointing left. Do you hear me? The anointing left because he disobeyed God. There were th three things God told Samson not to do, and he was hard-headed. If you, ever, if you read about the book of Samson, you'll find out that Samson, that Samson wasn't so much a righteous man. Samson wasn't so much a Christian man. Samson wasn't so much a God-fearing man. Samson just an instrument in the hand of God to get God's will done. Samson was just a killer, what Samson was. He was a man that God made strong to deliver the, the, the children of Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. And every time God's strength, every time God's power would come on Samson, Samson was able to kill. He was able to destroy and destroy the armies. And see, by Samson destroying all the armies of Israel, of, 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 of the Philistines, Israel was able to be free and get, and get freedom from the bondage that they were on. Because the Philistines would come in, and the Philistines would put them in bondage, and, and when they plant their crops in the summertime, the Philistines would come in and eat their crop and leave them just enough to live. No matter what they planted, they take most of it and they leave the rest. They had to pay. They had to pay the, the, the Philistine a tribute when the Philistines would have been paying them a tribute. But because they disobeyed God and got out of the will of God, then God delivered them into the hands of the enemy. So God used David to set them free, and God used I'm sorry, Samson to set them free. So that's why Samson was a judge. His job was to let God's power come on him, and he was he would use that power to destroy the enemy. But but he was hard-headed, and he was disobedient. He wasn't supposed to get his hair cut. He wasn't supposed to drink no wine, and he wasn't supposed to eat nothing unclean. If you read the scripture, you'll find out he did all three of those things. So when he laid down, uh-huh, see, people still operating now, and they think the anointing is still on the anointing of the left. They still are trying to preach on Sunday morning, trying to sing in the choir. They stayed out at the club all night long. They think they sang it. All the years got a pretty voice, but ain't no anointing behind it because they left the anointing at the club last night or left the anointing at somebody's bedroom last night. So 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 Samson laid down in bed that night uh, with, with Delilah, and he told her all his heart. And, 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 and when he told her his power was in his hair, see, he disobeyed. 
See, God told him don't cut his hair, don't drink no wine, and don't eat nothing unclean. And you know he ate the honey out of the, out of the lion. That lion had did, were dead, and the bees made honey in the coffins of the lion. And see, his daddy didn't know he had did it because that was a curse. He ate the honey out of the wine. He drank wine at the party. That boy was just hard-headed. He did what he wanted to do. But when he laid and told the ladder his secret, and they cut the locks of his hair, huh? And he got up like he'd been getting up, see? Yes, yeah, that way people used to get up. See, baby, just because you still feel God present after you don't see it, that don't mean that God ain't going to deal with the situation. God is gracious. God is merciful. He'll give you a chance to repent. He'll give you a chance to forgive. To, to, to get it right so you won't have to lose your anointing. Honey, I don't know about you, but when you lose your anointing, it makes you feel empty. It makes you feel bad. It makes you feel forsaken. And God will give you a chance to get it right. But you got people to keep on because God didn't do nothing that time. And God didn't do nothing the next time. God said if he didn't chastise you, you won't hear. Because I want God to chastise me. I want him to beat me when I do wrong. But first of all, I don't want to do wrong. So Samson, the lay down, and he told the ladder his secret, and they cut the locks of his hair. And when they cut the locks of his hair, see, you understand, the scripture says that the power of God came on Samson. Whenever Samson stood up to fight, the power of God came on Samson. But because Samson broke the, broke the rule, because Samson disobeyed God and allowed the enemy to cut his hair, the covenant that he made with God not to have his hair cut, when God looked down upon him and saw that the locks of his hair were gone, and when Samson stood up, the anointing did not come upon him. Do you hear me? No, no, somebody said he lost his anointing. No, the anointing didn't come upon him. The anointing did not come. But if you read the story, though, later on when his hair grew back, he told God to avenge him, to avenge him of his adversary. He said, Lord, if you give me back my strength to avenge me of my adversary, then the Bible says, after he here grew back, he asked God to avenge him now. Then the Bible says, and the power of God came on Samson, and he destroyed everything there that was in the house that day. He killed more that day than he killed in his whole life. So, so respect the anointing. Uh, some people, they, they disrespect the anointing. They act like it don't mean nothing. The anointing is the power of God. It's the privilege of God gave you. It's something you cannot earn. And you got to respect the anointing. You, you know, Esau didn't respect his, he didn't respect his anointing. Esau was anointed to become, to have the birthright, that whenever Jacob died, uh, uh, it, was, it was Joseph, it was Esau, uh, and, and, and was next in line. And, and I'm sorry, next time Isaac, when Isaac died, then Esau and Jacob was next in line. But Esau was the one that's supposed to get the birthright. But one day when he was hungry coming out of the field, and, uh, thinking that he's going to die because he was so hungry, he asked Jacob to give him something to eat. And Jacob said, I will if you give me your birthright. Give me that anointed birthright of yours. Because that birthright was anointed, y'all. Hun, that birthright had power behind it. I mean, it, it made people have to bow before you. It called blessing to come in your life. You didn't even have to make them come. They just came because that anointing that was with that birthright. He said, uh, you can have it. I don't want it. What good is me if I'm dead? So he said that ate that portrait that, that Jacob gave him, and he gave Jacob the birthright, thinking that God didn't see what he did. See, God see what we do. You can't keep the anointing and do what you want to do. You can't keep the anointing and act like you want to act. You can't keep the anointing and hang around who you want to hang around. 
Please listen to me. You can't keep the anointing and go where you want to go. Drink what you want to drink. Act like you want to act. You have to be special to keep the anointing because the anointing is from God. The anointing holy. And the anointing is not going to dwell upon no unclean temple. So you got to keep the temple clean so that the anointing can rest upon you. And all oh, you'll be amazed at the thing that you can accomplish when you have the anointing in your life. So Esau gave up. And then when the time came for him to get the anointing, he thought it was okay. He thought like what he said didn't mean nothing. And he went in there and found out that he done sold his birthright to his brother, and his brother and dad been gone. And his daddy said, I don't have no more. He said, Daddy, he said, I'm sorry. I done gave it to your brother. Uh -huh. Because God see what we do when we make these promises and think it don't mean nothing. So let's talk a little bit about the anointing. What does the anointing mean spiritually? What does the anointing mean spiritually? It means to be consecrated or made sacred or dedicated to God, chosen, set apart, holy and anointed. Oh, that's what the anointing means. It means that you are special to God, that you've been set apart. Oh, my God, you've been set apart to do the will of God. Set apart. It's like when we talk about set apart, it's like mother in the kitchen. Say, and use for example, the mother in the kitchen. She got all kind of different little ballers in there where she got set apart. She got a salt in one and a pepper in one and a cinnamon in one and a spice in one and, and all these little things that she used to cook with. She got them in her little savory bottle, set apart. They sanctified. In other words, sanctified means to be set apart. She got all them set apart. they different with the name on them. So she's no each for each. But each one of them is set apart for the salt in one, the pepper in one, the cinnamon in one, the spices in one, the McNagas in one. All of them got a different name and they're in a different uh, container. So she would know that she don't get them mixed up and contaminate them by putting the salt with the pepper or the pepper with the, with the, with the sugar, stuff like that. So she got it named so it stays set apart. So when we think about sanctification, people think about that some spirit will come out of the air. Sanctification means to be set apart. God has set us apart from the world. You are sanctified so you ain't got no business hanging out in the club with the world because you've been brought out of the world. You've been sanctified. God is just like that salt and pepper shaker or those, those, those containers that mama got in the kitchen that she got setting up there. She don't want nobody messing with them because they're her containers. These are the things she used to cook with. These are the things she used to season her food and make her cakes and her biscuits. And, and, and she don't need nobody up there pouring them and mixing them together, contaminating them. Then you don't contaminate them because you don't pour the sugar with the salt. Now you can contaminate it. Now you can't use it because the sugar with the salt. Now you got to pour it out because it's been contaminated. But we think that we can contaminate our vessel and God, oh, and God's going to use us anyway. You can't contaminate your vessel. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can't put seal in this vessel because this vessel is holy. The Bible says God put his glory in earth and vessels. Our vessel is anointed. Our vessel is holy. And we can't put uncleanness in these vessels. The Bible says we can't uh, 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 lay this vessel down with a holler or a prostitute. Huh? 
The Bible says we become one with them. And here, here is God living on the inside of us. And here we defiling our temple, uh, putting anything in our vessel, and God lives on the inside of us. So we are consecrated. We are made sacred. We are dedicated and chosen and set apart. Why do we need the anointing of the Holy Spirit? We need it because you can't break no yoke without the anointing to break all yokes of, of the enemy in our lives that the devil brings. This is why we need the anointing. It ain't enough just to be saved and sanctified. You need to be Holy Ghost filled and fire baptized. Do you not know that the Holy Ghost is a higher anointing? That's, just, that's what it is. The Holy Ghost is the anointing of God dwelling on the inside of you. Not the outside of you. You've already been anointed. When he said you, he said you anointed you. But he wants to come on the inside. This is an inside anointed, a, feel, a feeling anointed. Mm-hmm. This is anointed when he fills you up on the inside. And he gives you wisdom and knowledge and understanding. He gives you insight. He said that, he told the disciples, he said, with this anointing here, it's going to be an inside anointing. He said it is to lead you and dry and and and. and and, and, and lead you and guide you into all truth. And whatsoever I told you, uh, it'll bring it back to your remembrance. That's why it must be on the inside. It can't be sitting on your head and sitting on your shoulder in your pocketbook and some Bible you took in your arm. This anointing must be on the inside of you so it can talk to you. It can lead you. It can guide you. It can warn you. It can instruct you. It can correct you. It can dictate to you. It can lift you up when your head bow down, encourage you when you're discouraged. That's why you need this info anointing, which is the Holy Ghost. A lot of people are saved, and that's all they want. But the Bible says, after that, the Holy Ghost comes, you shall have power. Now listen to me. People are teaching that you got to be that the Holy Ghost saves you. You ain't got the Holy Ghost, you ain't saved. Baby, the Holy Ghost do not come to save you. The Holy Ghost was not sent to save you. Hear what I'm saying, Radio World. The Holy Ghost was not sent to save you. You don't get the Holy Ghost. You've got to be saved first before you get the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost do not come to confirm your salvation. The Holy Ghost does not come to prove that you're saved. But the Holy Ghost comes to give you power to do ministry. He said, after that the Holy Ghost comes, you shall have power. Power of all devils and demons. Uh-huh. Power to do my will. Power to preach the gospel. Power to tell dying men and women born to the ways of sin. Power to deal with the devil, with them demons that is in people. Power to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Power to lay hands on blinded eyes and they'll open up. Power to touch ears and ears will come over. Power to make the lame walk. These signs shall follow them that believe. Huh? He said, after that, the Holy Ghost comes. Not before the Holy Ghost comes. Oh, why so many people got so much power ain't got the Holy Ghost? If you ain't got the Holy Ghost, you ain't got no power. You just think you got power. You've been deceived. You don't get the power till the Holy Ghost comes. Huh? And now here, please excuse me. Let me help somebody. If you speak it in tongues and you ain't saved, you need to go sit down somewhere. If you speak it in tongues and you ain't saved, you need to go sit down somewhere because the Holy Ghost don't work that way. He don't come to nobody and speak into, and you ain't saved. You got to be born again before you can receive the Holy Ghost. 
You've got to be born. I ain't saying that the Holy Ghost won't make you start speaking until after you've been saved. I'm saying you've got to be saved first before the Holy Ghost comes. The Holy Ghost don't come and then you get saved second. You've got to get saved first. Then the Holy Ghost comes. But that's another story. I'm going to leave that alone. We're going to go down a little bit further. What? God says about the anointing. Let's see what God says about the anointing. Well, God said that the anointing in you will remain in you, and the anointing in you is real and not a counterfeit. See, when God gives you the anointing, only you can make the anointing leave. See, David was anointed, and the anointing stayed on him. The Bible said it never left him, even when he messed up. You see what I'm saying? The anointing belongs to you. But you've got to live right to keep the anointing. You just can't live any kind of way and be anointed. The anointing is special. You've got to respect the anointing in order for you to keep the anointing. And if I would say the anointing shall be in you, it shall remain in you. And the anointing is not a counterfeit. It is not a, it's real. The anointing is real. Yes, it, it, it is real. Okay. What are the blessings of the anointing? Okay. You will be filled with joy. And with that, you will be able to draw water out of the well of salvation. The anointing will fill you with joy. You hear me? The anointing brings joy. And with that joy, see, God, got, he didn't say well, W-E-L-L, it's W-E-L-L-S. God got more than one well. He said the anointing will give you joy. And with that joy, you'll be able to draw out the wells of salvation. Oh, we ain't got no business to be thirsty. We ain't got no business to be dry mouth. We ain't got no business to be discouraged. We ain't got no business to be weary when we got the anointing that gives us the power, the authority to draw out the wells of salvation. And I mean the wells of salvation got healing in it. It's got deliverance in it. Oh, it, it got breakthrough in it. Oh, 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 it got overcoming power in it. It got do-right power in it. But we got to have the anointing. We can't do like Samson and, 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 and disobey God and expect to keep the anointing. There's a requirement to get the anointing, and there's a requirement to keep the anointing. And I'm going to talk to the radio world because we're trying to win sinners in off the street. We, we, we're trying to bring the backslider back. We're trying to get the law saved, but we're trying to do it without the anointing. You're just wasting your time. It's the anointing that does the drawing. That's what the scripture says. It says it's the anointing. Except God convicts them, they can't be saved. And God can't convict them if you don't have no anointing. God wants you to preach the, the word, and he wants you to witness to them with the anointing and with your chaste life. When I say your chaste life, you're doing the best you can to live right the best you know how. So they won't have to point no fingers at you. Because if you're at the club with them, if you're out there drinking with them, if you're running around with them, you're wasting your time trying to witness to them because you don't have no anointing. You don't, the anointing is the influence. The anointing gives you the influence. Uh-huh. It gives you the influence over people. You can influence people. But if you're out there doing the same thing, they don't you want to influence nobody. They don't want to hear you. They say they're going to talk about you when they get behind your back. So they see out here, I hit the club, dancing and doing everything. They're trying to tell somebody about Jesus. No, no, you got to come out from among them, said the Lord. Huh? You've been anointed now. You, you, you're chased now. You, you're set apart now. Come out from among them, said the Lord. And touch, not, can I say it again? 
Come out from the club. Come out from those places that you ain't got no business being. Come out that bedroom and you ain't married. And then come out that bedroom and you is married. The one you with is married to somebody else. Come out from among them, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean things. And I will receive you and be your God and you be my child. I'll leave that alone. What does it mean to walk in your anointing? The anointing is constantly living in the presence of God. This is what the anointing is. The anointing is you constantly living in the presence of God so that you will be able to fulfill God's call and purpose on your life. See, when the anointing is constantly on you and constantly in your life, God is constantly talking to you, telling you things to do, telling you where to go, telling you what to say telling you how to say it, telling you when to say it, telling you when, who to say it to. So that's why it's good to have the anointing in your life because I could be in the grocery store sometimes. I could be there at the gas station. I don't know wherever I'll be. Sometimes God would tell me to tell that person something. Go there and tell them this, tell them this. You tell them this and tell them this. But if the anointing was with me for me to hear the voice of the Lord, then I wouldn't know what to tell them. Go there and tell them it's going to be all right. Uh-huh. Go there and tell them it's going to be just a little while longer. Go there and tell them I ain't forgot about the promises that I made them. Go there and tell them I'm going to heal in their body. Go there and tell them I'm going to regulate their mind. Go, go, go there and tell them I see what they're going through and I got it. Go there and tell them I got their back. Uh-huh. Go there and tell them this ain't going to get the best of them. Go there and tell them I am going to heal them. Even though it don't look like it, tell them I'm going to heal them. And so many times people have come and did that to me because God, their anointing was on them. And I might be in a grocery store, might be on my job, might be just sitting in the park, might be just sitting inside the road. And somebody come by called the anointing, ah, top, bye, bo, bo. The anointing was on them, and they speak a word. And in that word they speak, the power of God be behind it. They don't be knowing I ain't told them nothing. I didn't tell them my business. I didn't tell them I was sick. I didn't tell them I was troubled. I didn't tell them I was weary. I didn't tell them I was going through. I didn't tell them I have a marriage problem. But the Holy Ghost did. The anointing did. And that's why we need the anointing. Because people around us are oppressed. People around here about to want to commit suicide. People around us in anxiety. People around us looking for an answer. Let me go a little further because we're about to come to the end here. What are the three parts of the anointed? Prayer, the, the prayer of faith, the laying on of hands, and the anointing with oil. The prayer of faith. See, God want to anoint you. And you ain't got to be there praying all day long. All you got to do is pray that prayer. Believe that God's going to do it. And God's going to do the rest. And lay, on, lay your hands. Laying on a hand, he said. If people don't lay hands on them, but they're scared. I understand that COVID was out here, but he's gone now. I think she's gone. Anyway, people scared. But we got to lay our hands on the sick. Huh? The Bible says we're to be sick among you. See, God gave the elders an anointing that other people in the church don't have. That's why a lot of people ain't getting healed. Everybody running up there trying to pray for the people, but elders. He said, if any be sick among you, he didn't call for them young folks that just got saved yesterday. He said, if any be sick among you, let them call on the elders of the church. Those folks been out there a long time. Those mothers and deacons that have been seasoned in the Lord, who know God can make a way, who know God can heal, who know God can deliver, who know God's a miracle worker. Let them call on the elders of the church. And the elders of the church, 
will anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith. And even if they sin, have called them to be sick, the Bible says God will forgive them and the Lord will raise them up. Isn't that so nice to know? They have such an anointing. Everybody don't have an anointing like that. So that's why you got to stay in your lane so that you won't mess around here and be praying for people three or four hours and they still sick and they still bound. You don't have that anointing to set them free. You don't have the anointing to deliver them. So so, so quit jumping up, want to run up to the front line and lay hands on somebody just to stir up that demon. You need that deliverance anointing, and the elders have that. Okay, woo, this is getting good. How do you receive the anointing? To receive the anointing, you must first serve God's purpose. God not give you the anointing so you can sit around and say you anointed. God got give you the anointing for your for your gain, for you to brag about it. We talking about look at me. The anointing is for working people. <laughs> the anointing is for lazy people. God don't give his anointing to lazy people. The anointing is for working people. Uh, 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 uh serious people. People who got their mind made up in their heart, see, to do the will of God, the purpose of God. These are the people that God gives his anointing to. If you want God to anoint you, then do something. Do something for the be. Do something. You, and, you, and listen, and, and doing something don't mean preaching all the time. It might be cleaning up the church. It might be picking up paper in the yard at the church. Uh, show God that you're willing to humble yourself. God don't give his anointing to exalted people. Humble yourself. I ain't doing that. That ain't, that ain't my job, honey. Let me, you humble yourself. So God can anoint you right down lowly. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due season. Let us go to the Father. Who is the anointed one? The children of God is the anointed one. That you've been born again, then you are a candidate for the anointed. If you have been born again, you are a candidate for the anointed. You hear me? You are a candidate. So don't feel beloved. Don't sit there thinking because uh, uh, they're overlooking you that you don't have no anointing because they always bragging about how somebody else sang them, what somebody else does, and you feel so intimidated that you're going to sit there like you don't have nothing. But you do. Get up from there and let God use you. Get up and open your mouth and say what does say the Lord. You have been anointed too. God has no respect to the person. Oh, man. Will the anointing cost you everything? Well, I might hurt somebody feeling right here. Will the anointing cost you everything? Your salvation, listen, your salvation is free. And you don't heard that so many times. Yes, your salvation is free. But the anointing will cost you everything. The price of the anointing is simply surrender. If you want to know the key to the power of honesty and truly, you have to die to say them. The anointing, the salvation is free. But you got to sell out to get the anointing. It's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost you all your freedom, your sinful freedom, not your righteous freedom, but your sinful freedom. You got to surrender. If you're not willing to surrender, then quit asking for the anointing. Because God's not going to give you anointing to hard-headed and rebellious people that's not willing to surrender. Surrender to God's will. Surrender to God. Say, yes, God. God, yes to your will. Yes to your way, God. Use me. And God will, will, will let his anointing. See, David was 
was a man after God's own heart. David wanted God to use him. David was ready. David was anticipated. David had a mind to serve the Lord. Get a mind to serve the Lord and see, don't God anoint you? And see, that might be wrong. What's wrong with you? You wonder why that you preaching and don't look like you saying nothing? You ain't saying nothing. I remember the time that I was preaching, and I had been preaching for a number of years. And I mean, it, 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 I mean, I was really, I was just really disappointed because I was preaching, and the people looked like they were going to sleep on me. It, it, it looked like like I wasn't saying nothing. And, and I, I got so caught up in myself, it upset me, and I got home. And I said, God, I'm preaching out. I mean, I was streaming and grabbed my ears and rear back and, and thought I was doing something. And I said, God, what's wrong? Why is it that it looked like the people going to sleep on me? I'm preaching, God. And God said this word to me. He said, I know you are. He said, now get out of the way and let me preach. Oh, my, y'all, I could have turned a flip right there in the flow. Uh, and that's what some of y'all doing, y'all preaching. But you need to get out of the way and let God preach. That's why ain't nothing been accomplished. Ain't nobody getting healed, delivered, and set free. That's why nobody ain't getting saved because you think because your fancy preaching and your enticing words is what saving folk. No, baby, it's the anointing. And when I got out of the way and, and, and quit trying to stream and holler and, and, and do what my ancestry did and just open my mouth and started talking, Honey, God started healing and delivering. People started getting saved and sanctified. Holy Ghost filled and fly back tap. Why? Because Pastor Lobby got out of the way. I'm telling somebody in my clothing, get out of the way. You want your minute to be great? You want your, your, your member to follow you? You want your membership to be great? You want your, then get out of the way and pastor like God have you to pastor. And quit trying to pastor to prove a point. Quit trying to pastor like you own the sheep, like they belong to you. You telling them what to do. No, baby, if you be obedient, if you be submissive if, if, to God, God will make your sheep follow you. They'll submit themselves to you. They'll hear your voice. But he said, these are not your sheep. These are my sheep. And my sheep will hear my voice. But they're going to hear God's voice through you when you humble yourself and be the path that God called you to be. Oh, my, my, my. So how does the anointing make the difference? A fresh anointing makes the difference in your prayers, in your praise, in your spirit, in your house. God gives us a fresh anointing, a wisdom, a favor. But you have to be anointed from the Holy One. Because he said the anointing would be in you. God is the one that anoints you. God is the one. It makes the difference when the anointing is on your prayer, when the anointing is on your preaching, when the anointing is on whatever you're doing. And it, is, and it, it shall come to pass in that day that the burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulders, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. He said, do not, Psalm 105 and, 4, and 5, 15 said, do not touch my anointing, one, and do my prophet no harm. Jesus said, last of all, in Luke 4 and 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's an anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to, to the captives and receive a recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. I say again in my closing, listen to this. If Jesus needed the anointing, you're going to need the anointing. If Jesus needed the anointing, then you're going to need the anointing. Get on your knees. If you're in a leadership position, you don't feel like your ministry is what it should be, 
It ain't accomplishing what you think it ought to. Humble yourself and get out of the way and tell God to preach. Tell God to prophesy. Tell God to anoint you. The Bible says when you humble yourself, he will exalt you in due season. What it is, you are in the way. You are exalted now. And that's why ain't nothing happening. But humble yourself and see don't your ministry change. See don't you see people get healed, delivered, and set free. Because God want to use you, want to work through you. He don't want the people to see you. He wants to see the people to see him in you. Because he he called you, not for your glory, but he called you that he might allow his glory to operate in you. So, for that reason, let God anoint you afresh. Sometimes we have to rededicate ourselves. Lord, give me a fresh anointing. Ask God to give you a fresh anointing. Ask God to anoint you all over again. Search yourself and see whether you exit in the way. And you'll find yourself in the way. Get out of the way. And remember, it's because of the anointing. We bless the Lord this afternoon because for you that have been listening, and I pray that you will search yourself and, and humble yourself and get out of the way so God anointing can occupy in your life because you can't do it by yourself. You done done it long enough for yourself. Don't just let the anointing be upon your ministry. Let the anointing be upon your marriage. You need the anointing in your home to help you be the husband you're supposed to be, to help you be the wife you're supposed to be, to help you be the mom and father to your children. You need the anointing to give you wisdom and knowledge that you might be the parent that you're supposed to be. Because the Bible says, provoke not your children around. Now, some of your children are age. Some of your children are 18 and 19 and 20 and might be 21, and they stand in your house, and you're still treating them like they're 11 and 12 years old. You, you keep still disciplining them like they're not grown. They are grown now, and you need to respect that. You need to, re, you need to reach the rope. I realize that girls are, are very tedious. You mothers that have girls, fathers that have girls, I understand you girls, they are very tedious, but you don't talk them right from wrong. So give them more room. Give them more space. Let me ask them to come in at 7.30, 8 o'clock, and they're 19 and 20 years old. You need to give them more room. You need to don't provoke them around. Don't provoke them to go out there and get pregnant. You already done told them not, not, not to get pregnant. You already done told them to keep, keep themselves. You already done told them to maintain themselves. So give them a chance. Because eventually, if they're going to disobey, they're going to disobey anyway. So loose the rope and give them a chance to, to grow up. They're, they're, they're not babies no more. They're not children no more. They're, 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 they're teenagers now. They, 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 they're grown now. They're man. He's 18. He's 20 years old. Uh, oh, you know how we are. We got that old folk phobic. You're going to live in that house. You're going to do what I say. I brought you to this world. I take you, honey, that's old school, son. Hey, you need to release these kids and get them a break. Get them an opportunity to, to make a mistake till you made them. Oh, Lord, I just, just talk about the mistake you done made. You done made mistake. And maybe you're upset because you make mistake. You think they're going to make the mistake you made, but you got to release them. And let the anointing raise your kid. Huh? That's what Job did. He said the anointed out of his children. Job said, Lord, preventive they may curse you. Job prayed that God anointed would be there at that house. God anointed would cover them. And God would forgive them even if they blaspheme against God. Let your children alone. If you're going to go to the club, they're going to go to the club. Whatever they do, they're going to do it. Don't you go to go to, and don't you go to no club looking for them either. Uh-huh. Yeah, you go back, back in the house. Going in that club, talking, what you doing out here at the club? No, you got to release them. They're grown now. You got to get them off to them to make a mistake. If they make it, you, you give them to God. The same God help you raise them, 
the same God to protect them while they're out there. So I'm going to pray now. Precious Father, I ask that you will look down upon the radio world, look upon all those that listen to me tonight, and we pray that I've said what you told me to say. If I missed anything, God, charge it not to my heart, but charge it to my head. Let it be an error on my mind. In the name of you, I tried to say, God, to the best of my ability, that, 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 that each and every one might rightly be blessed tonight, that that word might find everyone right there where they're at, God. Not trying to put nobody down, God, but trying to lift them up in the spirit concerning your anointing, because I only realize the importance of the anointing. And for that reason, oh God, it is my prayer that you will, that you will anoint them afresh from the crown of the head to the sole of my feet. Give them a fresh anointing. Each and every one on the side of my voice, give them a fresh anointing, God. Give the pastors a fresh anointing. Give the apostles a fresh anointing. Give the prophets, the teachers, and the preachers a fresh anointing, God. Because without the anointing, no yoke can be broken and no burden can be lifted, God. In the name of you. And if we ascend it, if we said or done anything, God, that were contrary to your word, like Samson did, and they called the anointing to leave us, forgive us, oh God, and give us back the anointing, because we need the anointing, God. We got to have the anointing in the name. The Bible said we call the anointing, the yoke is broken. We need the anointing, God. David lost the anointing. In the 51st Psalm, he said, restore to him the joy of his salvation and give him back his holy anointing. God, if somebody lost the anointing because of some wrong they have done or, or, or because they come short of your glory, then forgive them, Lord. And give them back the anointing. And hopefully they will appreciate how important this anointing is and that they will keep it, God, in the name of Jesus. We praise you. We lift you up. We magnify your name. Why? Because you're worthy to be praised in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello? 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 Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.